Hello, we're back with the Wise Women Talking Podcast. I'm Holly, I live on Wabunja, Yuan land, and this is where I get to do a little mini intro from our symposium. We held our online symposium two weeks before this year's Wise Women Gathering, being 2023, and it was all about being able to show off these amazing educators and also the partners that we work with in putting together Wise Women Gathering as an annual conference. This episode is fabulous. I love Pat Collins so much. She is just the most prolific author and educator. Every year she comes back to the conference with yet another idea for a session that blows everybody's minds. And she's always there with her product and, you know, just being um, one of those truly wise women that are out there holding space in the world for this work to continue. So that's all I'm going to say about Pat. She's going to do the rest of the introduction when we click over to that recording and share some of her story, like where she came from and how she came to be the Pat Collins, the Patricia Collins. Meanwhile, if you want to find links to her and the gifts that she's sharing, you can find that at the Self-Crafted Life portal at selfcraftedlife.mn.co. And at the end of the episode, I'll come back and remind you of that again. So I appreciate you being here and enjoy Pat. Give us a bit of an introduction, Pat. Where are you in the world? What's what's fresh for you? Who are you? All that stuff. Go. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm on Wanarua land here, um, up in the. I'm actually at work at the moment, Musselbrook, and I actually live in Denman. But the um, I'm a herbalist, and I have been um, I have been working as a herbalist now for oh, this place here is 26 years this year, and I did three years before there, so 29 years I've been practicing a herbalist, and before that I was teaching. So I've been teaching with TAFE. And I've been teaching with outreach and now I teach privately mostly. Um, and I did teach in manufacturing at one stage. And that's why I, I just love making things and I love sharing my information. I've always loved to teach. It's my love. And even in the practice here, I'm busy teaching people to get well and they don't come back. So there you go. I lose my clients. Yeah. Um, so like as others, <laughs> so that's great. Um, no, it's really important. I feel that we've lost so much information. And when I actually... I learned to be a herbalist back in the 80s. Back there, it was so different to what it is now. I mean, it's just another world now. It's like, you know, you pay $40,000 and you've got to have these university degrees and all sorts of things now. So it's just a different world now. When I did it, it was um, it was actually quite basic. And I had to do a lot of other courses and workshops and things since then to, to get where I am today. Um, but I love learning. And then I, as soon as I learned something, I think, oh, I've got to share this. I've got to tell everybody about this um that's that's fabulous um but basically I started way back in the 80s because my little kids were um you know had, had getting sick and things and someone introduced me to the herbal medicine um a little um online not online back in those days it was just correspondence um and I I did it and I thought wow I love this stuff I've always been into self-sufficiency build your own house milk your own goat you know all that sort of thing um I did all those things but basically this was just another area like looking after your own health and you could do it by 
by picking weeds and things. So I thought that was more exciting because you could use the plants that were around you. So I, I, I did that and I thought, wow, this is a really good course. I'll keep going. And so then I got my diploma of herbal medicine. Um, and then I started, TAFE asked me to teach and I did. And I thought, well, I'm going to teach people how to make products and how to look after themselves and how to make ointments and creams and syrups and all those sort of things and and that's what I did and um and I've been doing it ever since we've got the uh place here called Total Health and Education Centre in Musselbrook and I live about about an hour away at Martindale we're surrounded by Walmart National Park so we're up in the bush and I love using bush tucker you know not bush tucker but bush medicine as well um and um and of course the the weeds around us you know I've been busy picking clivers this morning oh there's a dog um I've been picking uh clivers this morning and I picked nettles the other day and you know like it's just lovely at the moment it's just done everything's starting to come back again as it cools down so lots of things to pick and do um and I and I love it going along and going to women's gatherings and things so that's great too <laughs> and so what you just heard everyone is that part is probably right she is the the original gangster of this kind of scene uh and just that amazing wealth of collected knowledge that you haven't just got from one place you've had to you know you and you and you're still collecting as you go you didn't talk about like she's also the author of about a thousand awesome oh, books yes. <laughs> tell us about your books okay. the so kind I, of things that you publish about all right well first of all look i've even grabbed them um so the first one i did was this one and actually on the back is where that comes from. It was A to Z of uh, ailments. I caught all my books in touch with the earth because I felt people were getting away from it. So we need to get back in touch with the earth. So I called all my books that series. And the first one was the A to Z of ailments. And then the second one was, oh, no, not the onion poultice again. And then I put them together. <laughs> um, so um just got, I want to get people back to poulticing and compresses and all those things that we we should know we should know how to look after ourselves so that when something happens you're not thinking oh my god what am I going to do you know ring up oh well, well, we'll get to the doctors or get to the pharmacy you think no I can draw this out with a potato poultice or I can help that that earache with an onion so I wrote this and the reason I actually wrote in the beginning was because TAFE told me stop giving my student the students papers and write a book instead I thought, oh, okay. So I started doing that. And the next one that I wrote, because we needed one with medicine, with, with the recipe, so that was the next one we wrote, with my younger days. You know. <laughs> um, so, no and then, then I wrote um, medicinal herbs for home use. And then I wrote, um, the, I did do a bush one. Um, my husband has looked much more bushy than I is, so he's on the front and the back, you know. Um, <laughs> pretending he can light a fire from a... Um, from a couple of sticks, you know. but basically that was the bushwise one because I love bush medicine and that sort of thing as well. We did do a DVD in the middle of that as well and then more recipes and that was the last because people said, look, Pat, you've got too many recipes. You're not giving more to us. So I did this, but it's got a lot more things in it like um, ways of eating and cooking. And then I finally I wanted to add more information for weeds and so I finally got one printed. So this one is not one I've done myself. This is, well, I wrote it all, um, thinking they were going to chop it up and do heaps of things for me, and they did bugger all. So um, so I um, 
I actually got that printed with New Holland Press and um, that's the last one that I've actually done. People say, when are you going to do more? But that's enough for now. <laughs> that is, that's, so that's a legacy right there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's got over 100 weeds in it and over 300 pictures in it. Identification. You must have identification for weeds. It's really important. And I find that with your stuff, like you, not only the photos, but the way that you describe them is just really sensible. Like it's really straightforward. It's very easy to identify from just even your descriptions a lot of the time. Um, yeah, that's what I'm after, just... something that's really easy to understand rather than something that's complicated and has got, you know, all these, these fancy names. I try to keep it as simple as I can so that I don't understand it too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you remember um, what you've said. <laughs> So I just have to shut that off. Sorry about that. That's um, right. uh, we didn't even hear it. Oh, good. That's good. <laughs> um, so, so basically, um, I've also made my own products, and I've been making the products and been teaching students. To, oh, sorry, it didn't go off. Sorry, can I just tell this person? Someone's ringing you to tell you you're on the internet right now. Peter, I have to ring you back, mate. I'm just on a Zoom meeting, okay? Uh, Sorry, I forgot to switch the phone off. As That's we... fine. No um, sorries. We are all just working this out as we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically I make my own products. I make my own um, medicinal creams and um, cosmetic creams and syrups and a lot of teas and capsules and all those other bits and pieces. And the reason I've actually done them, I actually put them on website, but I don't say what they're for uh, because that's TGA. Um, mm -hmm. TGA tells you're not allowed to do that sort of thing. So basically I make them for my own clients, but my own students as well. And when people run out, then they, therefore they can get some more and that sort of thing. So that makes it very easy for them. Um, so and I, are, you, Pat, are you still doing all of this yourself? Because I know you've got a bit of a team at your centre. I will. I've actually got a herbalist now that comes a lot. Like she's with me as well. So she does some of the days here. And she's actually been helping making the creams, which is really good. It's been saving yeah. me a bit. And I make all the medicinal ointments and things myself and the syrups and things, but she's she's helping me with the creams. And the the girl, the receptionist and the juniors actually bottle them, and that's the big job, yes. bottling and labelling. Yep. Um, so we make the bulk stuff and then they put them into containers. And, um, yeah, that does save a lot of work. Otherwise, you just wouldn't be able to scratch your head, you know. Yeah. Um, so it, it takes a lot just to go out and collect the things. Um, you know, I, sometimes, for instance, there's a herb called... Um, sticky hot bush i have to climb up all the hills to go and get um so you know that, that'll take me four or five hours you know so so it's just you know it's all those little things that sort of add up a bit but i love doing that sort of thing so that's one one area i want to keep going you know that i'm yeah, collecting and collecting i'd like to know where they come from i like to know the quality it's a big thing to know your quality and and um be sure about where you're getting things from so all the products that you make are coming out of things that you're collecting or foraging yourself? Mostly, but I can't say that I grow enough chamomile. So I buy chamomile in, you know, it's little things like that. I grow my own calendulas, grow my own comfrey. But there is some things that I, I just can't. For instance, there's a cream that's got pochicola in it. Well, I just can't grow enough pochicola. So um, I do buy in for things like that. But I do buy it from very good sources. Um, if I'm going to buy tinctures, I'll make sure those tinctures are coming from very good sources and the teas are coming from good sources too. Mm. You know, you just do your best. That's what all you can do in this sort of industry. You know. Absolutely. And it speaks to things that we've discussed before over the years around our panels and things about like uh, 
the whole manufacturing and ethical process, but also then putting money in the hands of people who are doing good in the world, right? And so anyone that's looking for a good business model, like all the herbalists say, we want more ethical herbs to put into our things. So that's, you know, you can do that in your backyard. You, could, you don't have to be a big setup to do that, right? Exactly. Or you could be foraging on your own landscape. That's one of the reasons I actually teach about weeds because there's no excuse that someone can't just go straight out there, go for a drive or something, find a nice place and, you know, it's not poisoned or anything and, um, you know, something up the scrub and just go and collect yourself some nettles or some chickweed or whatever um, and get things growing in your own backyard, like you say. And um, and if you haven't got a backyard, then there's certainly places you can go. Um, So I I actually travel around to get some of my herbs. I don't grow St John's Wood at my place. I have to go and go and collect it elsewhere. Where you seem to know it, you know, so it's a brilliant herb. So it's um, and it, it's got it's considered a weed around here where I live. Yeah, it's everywhere. It was all you once called a noxious weed. You want to learn to grow it. I think they've got some other other term now that they give it. But um, some of us we we really know the the value of this herb, and I make lovely oils out of it and things like that, like the infused oils. And this is so useful. They stop the pain and. And help with the nervous system and um and the the you know everyone thinks it for depression but it's far beyond depression it's just good for the nervous system so it's a beautiful herb and we grow it in our own country and yet we import it you know and how good is it the stuff that we import you know some of the herbal teas you gotta be careful i remember buying uh trying to get some siberian ginseng one time it was just rubbish didn't have any mm-hmm. taste nothing and they said oh well that's the best source we can get it from in somewhere in india or something and i said well it's just not good enough you know i won't i won't make anything with it because it's just not worth it so you've got to know your stuff and and the um and that's why I often just go to the tinctures or something because the tinctures um coming from ethical um ethical places you know like Mediherb or or um, herbal or, extract company herbal they're extract, a partner definitely <laughs> herbal extract very good uh, I always get my my comp free from them um so. Yes, all those good ethical places. I went to Herbal Extract, um, their place, uh, manufacturing plant. It's just amazing what the work that they do to make sure that they're getting this, the correct herbs and there's no adulteration or anything. It's, it's, it's wonderful. And so you know you're getting good quality stuff. We're lucky in Australia. We've got some good places like that. Mm, mm, yes. This is great, 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 Pat. Just, I know you could speak about that. That's sort of like collecting and foraging all day. Uh, let's just tune in to a bit more about Wise Women Gathering. So you've been a mm-hmm. keynote at, a, at the conference, yeah. I don't know how many uh, years ago that was, a few years ago. It was a while ago. I think it was even before I took over. So it was one it of was. those first years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, every year you show up with your market store, which has all of those amazing products that you just talked about. So good. Uh, I buy my all my immune boosting stuff there every year. That sets me up for the next year. I better bring plenty of that this year. <laughs> and um, I won. I wonder what is it about that the conference and you know like what made you keep coming back after that first year where you were the keynote. It was really not. Look, I didn't know this this existed before she rang me up and asked me if I'd be a keynote speaker. And I thought, oh wow, this is pretty special. Um, a gathering of, of like-minded people, and that's a lot. You know, when you're in the rural areas, you don't get a lot of other people um, that do the same thing as you. And mm-hmm. so it's really nice when you go to a place where there's all these like-minded people 
it's laid back it, it's friendly it's um it's lovely that you get the dancing and the drumming and the circles and there's talks and the, all those bits and pieces it just makes there's a lot of bits and pieces that make well it was women gathering someone just asked me couldn't you just do a day and we can go there for a day but it's it's a place where we get together and we um we, we become a little family. I mean, I love even climbing up the mountain and going and seeing the castle, um, so, or the bits of the castle that's up there. So, you know, there's just so many bits and pieces. Um, and it's just just lovely people that go there. Um, the food is gorgeous too, always fantastic food. And so, you know, so um, tries to be so healthy and all that sort of thing too, which is, I think is really a really plus that they do. So those great big tents and things like that. I know you've got massive, massive overheads. It's just an amazing thing that's all set up for, for everybody so we can get the best and yoga in the morning, all those, all those great things. Mm. oh that's great feedback uh yeah that is part of the model is like we don't do one day tickets because we want everybody to kind of arrive together and spend that time and really nourish on all those elements that you said and then be leaving together because yeah it's that's part of what builds it as it is and I think sometimes it's tricky if you haven't been before to not understand like oh why can't I just do a day or why can't I write blade or um, but once you've been once I think it's like many things right you can say once you're there once you've tried it then you know kind of thing yeah, yeah, um, and that's how the model it. is yeah, yeah. yeah no, that's really good yeah uh yeah so before I didn't introduce uh, my little friend Sigfa here because she was on the floor this is Sigfa she's a nine, a nine week old puppy uh she is chaos <laughs> chaos embodied um so she's in a good zone right now but I'm sure she's going to hit that toddler zone again soon and need another sleep that's when she'll start biting me and being crazy <laughs> so I'm managing that along with everything else this weekend <laughs> um now this year Pat your presentation that you're planning to do this year I personally think is the most exciting and useful session of the whole conference. That's a pretty big claim, I know. Ooh, uh, <laughs> maybe other people would disagree. Uh, and it's called creating products from weeds or from, sorry, from the weeds and natives around us, creating products from the weeds and natives around us. Now this, the reason I say, I think it's the most important thing is all the things we just talked about, knowing how to collect your own, you know, forage your own pieces, knowing that they are actual just weeds and natives that are everywhere. You don't have to plant them. You don't have to go into someone else's backyard, um, you know, this is like really grassroots wisdom that anyone can use immediately. So that's why I think it's the most important piece. Um, or yeah, the most the most exciting session. Let's say it like that. It's the most exciting and useful session. Maybe not the most important. Well, Every, everything's important. Yeah, yeah, definitely the most useful. Um, so uh, and obviously your work uh, sits in, you know, we've got four streams. You sit in the herbal wisdom, plant wisdom stream, but obviously there's the holistic conscious living, which all of your work goes into. And also I think about cultivating community because you're you're looking at the world through cultivating a broader community of all of our relations, right? Those plants, those forests, those going that extra sort of piece it's it's outside of the clinic it's outside of the brown bottle and like cultivating a, a connection and relationship with things that are outside of human experience so that's a whole lot of a one question speak to whatever you want out of that none of it's actually even a question <laughs> it's just some statements <laughs> well last year I actually did drawing therapy because I thought oh look, there's so many people that you know would do these making things and everything and people came up to me and said Pat I, you need to do that one that you you know the 
weren't making products and things like that. And I thought, oh, well, but I'll go back and do that again. So uh, because I love this session, it's one of my favourite workshops that I can actually show people. Um, you know, I bring along a lot of plants with me. Um, first of all, we go out and we have a little look what's around. There's not a lot around, but it's enough to sort of take people get a bit of taste for it. Um, because when you see something growing, that's a very different thing to just me bringing up something along or showing you in a book or something. So um, so I try and do a little bit of that, but we got limited time. So we go back and then we chop up all, I show you all these different weeds that I bring along and some natives. I'm looking at bringing, finding a few little natives around. When I say a natives, I'll bring something that's really common, you know, like nettles and, and, and um, you know, I'm not going to go up the bush and nick some, some native plant that doesn't grow very much, you know, so I'll make sure there's plenty of it, whatever I bring along. Um, but there are some very useful natives that we can use as well, which is really good. I did have one year I had a lovely person that came with me called Tash and um, and she's um, she's Indigenous and she was really good and she added to it. But but she's got other commitments at the moment, so sadly she can't come along. But basically um, it's really good because we can, yeah, like, like you said, Holly, we can connect with these plants um, and I think it's really important. I like when you're collecting your weeds and things, you always leave a third, you know, this sort of thing. Um, you always find where the best place is. Like, for instance, I picked a whole pile of clivers this morning and it's just growing so beautiful and lush at the moment. You know, it's just coming up. And you can really see the, the goodness of this plant, you know, and the young nettles and things. It's just a lovely time to pick these sort of things. I juice nettles and I put them a lot in my hair conditioner and things like that. So there's lots of things that I use these things for. Clivers is more to do with, I do juice that as well, but I also dry it and use it in um in my teas and also in my like my tonic tea and also in capsules and things. So there's lots of things you can do once you get to know the the plants that you can do use. And you can actually, you know, you can just chop up nettles and pour um, vinegar over the top of it and leave it there and put it on your hair as a as a wash out wash for the hair, like 10% in water, at final rinse of for your hair, and that will actually help your hair stay much like it really looks after the um, the roots of the hair and it likes to strengthen the roots and it also puts a lot of nutrients into hair and things. So you can do things straight away. So, um, but I, I do love do, teaching those sort of things because, and I think that we all need to know these things. It's sort of important, um, you know, like not just give it to somebody else and even just buying it off somebody else. I did, I love doing these workshops with the kids and a lot of homeschooling kids I work with as well. And um, we made this, we go, around the garden the kids all pick all this stuff you know like you say this is useful and this is useful and um so they pick all this stuff and you should see how much we end up in the end i just go through it make sure <laughs> too many weeds in there uh, but we don't want weeds only plant out of place um and then we we chop it all up um in a group and then we throw it in the saucer and there's this massive stuff um and um and we boil it all up and i i was and then we um you know after we boil it we filled it we put beeswax with it we thicken it and we make it into a little ointment they take home and um and one of the fellow the people that we were with um not long ago was saying he had a very bad skin problem and he didn't couldn't fix it with anything and he tried his calendula ointment that he bought off you know those the health food shop or whatever and it wouldn't work but as soon as he used the ointment that we'd made with all those bits and pieces from his garden it was um it fixes straight away you know like it's fresh 
Um, it makes a big difference when you make something that's fresh and still has all that goodness in it rather than um, getting something that's like what a lot of people buy. They buy it like by tinctures or they buy um, some a, a dried herb or something. It's just not the same. You know, a lot of the ointments, especially this ointment that I'm going to make at Wise Women Gathering, um, is mostly fresh um, and you've got to use the fresh. There's something about that quality of the fresh fresh plant that goes into the ointment it's really really powerful and i think that's really works in a really nice quality ointments i know i've made a hemp ointment recently which we use for um, eczemas and things and it's got the beautiful fresh gorgeous calendula and it's so lovely when it's lovely and yellow and when i use the dry stuff i think because i have to dry some you know have it all year round it's just not the same um it's just mm. you know you just love using this potent one remember there's another herb called blackberry nightshade and with blackberry nightshade um i actually ran out one time so i used it dried and the people come back to me and said it was useless and that was just dried compared to fresh. So as soon as we made it fresh again, fine, got rid of a cold sores again. So, you know, like people can tell. Um, so it's really good to um, be able to do these sort of things. But I really encourage everybody, get your get your hands, get, get yourself back in touch with the earth, you know. <laughs> mm. So good. Oh, I've got about 15 different questions that have just come out of what you said. Um, firstly, I want to say, I love hearing that it's okay to make things from the fresh herb because I think a lot of the time we see recipes for dried herb because that's how people can access the herb. Uh, but for me, like I am, I say like I'm an awesome grower, but I'm a rubbish harvester because things, I just let things die on the vine. I just like, it, it's, I, I enjoy the process of the beginning of the gardening, but I need someone else to do the other end of it. So if, if I had to like pick the thing, dry the thing, then make it into something, that's not going to happen. There's too many steps there, right? But if I can pick the thing and make it straight away that's like that's gold so that's very good news um and then I was thinking like wow so some things you are drying you must have some epic setup for drying tell us about how you dry your herbs do you have a special machine do you have a outside system okay it's pretty basic so I've got um I've actually got um wire doors you know screen screens and so therefore you know I always lay my herbs really thin on the screen doors or the screen windows and um so the air comes from the bottom and the top and i have got a like a greenhouse sort of setup and i just dry the herbs in there um you do have to make sure that there's no direct sun on on herbs especially you can do it on roofs you can do the roots and seeds outside in the sun but you can't do it with leaf you'll lose a color and um, so you always do it with um so I have a shake off over the top of the of the roof so you don't get the direct sunlight. And so that really dries them very well. I've actually only just recently set up a proper greenhouse, whereas before we just had a, a thing that we put together ourselves, you know, with plastic all over and all the rest of it. So, um, and I also have um, something I use a lot of, and I don't know where I got it from in the beginning, I think Sweden or somewhere. It's a wooden thing, with, and it's got like um, dryers on top and the heat comes up from the bottom and dries all this so they're just on wire, um, wooden slats sort of thing with a lid over the top of it. So there's all sorts of things you can do. Them. The main thing is always to um, to dry things out of the sunlight when it's leaf or flower, and you can dry root and seed out in the sunshine. You should try and dry within a few days, which is easy enough in summer, terribly hard when it starts to get cool. So when it starts getting cool and there's a lot of moisture around, we dry it out of the slow combustion stove. So we have things over the top with a little slow combustion stove that we dry with. I don't mind me, I've got to get a drink well. Mm. 
And um, and that's the way we, we dry and just leave it on all up overnight, a couple of layers. And then, like at the moment, we're drying goldenrod. We grow lots of lovely goldenrod, which is known as a weed in some areas, but we we actually grow it and look after it. And um, beautiful plant for a lovely for hay fever and all sort of uh, congestion in the head and that sort of thing, but also urinary troubles. But anyway, we're drying it over the top of the fire because it's just a bit moist at the moment, so that there's not enough heat in the sun. So, and it's drying quite well, so um, we're getting a good lot that way. So, and we're juicing some as well, so we got that and we preserve that as our tincture. I just love there's just some energy about fresh stuff it's just beautiful but sometimes you know you want a cup of tea you're gonna dry it for a cup of tea so but if you can get it from fresh stock and you know where it's coming from well then you know it's good and there's there's a color difference you know it's bright and it's green or it's vivid when you you see teas and they've got this lanky look um so you know they just lost their color and everything you know they're probably rubbish and so probably not gonna do much good at all so you're not getting any actual compound use whatever out of it anyway yeah did that answer that question (laughs) yeah that's a great answer and what I heard you not say is I use some sort of electrical device so you're using like really simple products that anyone else could make at home you don't need the fancy preservation system that does all the drying and stuff no and I used to dry garlic um one of the ways I used to dry garlic I get the uh, a sheet of glass and I oil it because this can be dried in the summer months, so that's easy. And then I mush up all the garlic and I put it all over the glass and you sort of got to cover it in a little bit of screen to make sure no bugs. But as soon as it heats up and it dries off the top, you're pretty right. And that's how I dried all my uh, all my garlic. I only I do have a dehydrator at work. I only use it for emergencies. Like I use it if I if it's been really wet and the girls are saying, hey, we've got none of this left, quick. Dry some instantly, so you've got to. It dries very fast. And when you're drying things yourself, they take days to dry, um, which is actually holes in the nutrients a bit better. So that's why you you don't throw things in microwaves. I used to have people used to tell me. She said, "Oh, always dry my herbs in microwaves." I thought, oh, "No, not microwave." And um, one time she was doing peppermint. I said, "Let's compare the flavour, eh? The ones I dry and the ones you dry. Has it taste this? Um, of course, pretty, lovely green." <laughs> Very, very, very nice looking but yeah absolutely nothing left in them so you know you gotta you gotta make those choices but certainly a lot of people do have a lot of dehydrators and just want to dehydrate you know a bit of garlic or something well you know do what you can you, you know it's good that you're doing it yourself that's the main thing I spent this summer I actually did harvest a few things this year and um so at the moment where you see me I'm actually in a school bus this is my office and so it goes that way so the end of the bus is there and the driver's seat's behind me there's a shelf behind but behind that shelf there's a door and so the the driver's kind of cavity is all sort of built in on its own and so I put up a heap of racks in there and it's been just the best place to dry I was mostly drying for ceremony kind of stuff flowers and things that we'll use in ceremony but uh, yeah that was like a breakthrough when I realized that I could just do it in there well a lot of people want to dry them in bunches but with the bunches it gets the moisture stays Mm. up in that center area so you're always better off making it nice and thin because it'll just take so long to dry otherwise so it looks pretty all these bunches hanging around but you're gonna have to have a very dry area or put them out the fire or something but I always do thin to make sure I can dry it as quickly as possible so that's important and you can dry beautiful flowers and I think old cars are the best place you know stick in the car 
Yeah, um, well, that was uh, what else I was doing for waving products. I had uh, I just put the seats down in the car and left them in the car. Yeah, that worked really well. No direct sunlight. That's what you've got to watch sometimes. Direct sunlight come through the windows. You got to make sure that's not there. Look at this amazing sharing. I love this. Um, we were talking about crossing into those other streams. You know, the cultivating community and the. Um, the holistic living, obviously holistic living is a piece. Uh, what have you noticed coming into Wise Women Gathering and the community and how is it different from maybe, I don't know, maybe like professional conferences that you go to or like other spaces? Oh, yeah, I do go to professional conferences and I do a lot of Zoom meetings and things like that. I just don't feel as comfortable with them. Um, the people, the nice people, um, there's some there's some lovely people that go to these sort of things, but um, it's just not the same. I, I just like grassroots stuff. Um, I've always liked grassroots stuff. Down to earth people walk around with bare feet. You know, like it's great. You know, like it's just um, I just feel more comfortable with it and easier to talk to these sort of people. They're more laid back. The conference is always very stilted, and um, you know, you you just talk about specific things I just come back from Mediherb one actually it was it was quite good but it's um you know you stay at the Marriott Hotel and all that sort of thing which is very fancy but there's not even any air you know like you can't even see the window um but the breakfast was amazing I love breakfast so um, they got their pluses but it was and it was interesting because we listened to the last latest research and things but it's just a different level um wise women gathering is a down-to-earth level it's um it's getting back in touch with with the with the person that you are the soul that you are and um and I think that's that's just so different you know so I like it anyway yeah yeah I because I I don't actually even really understand in my mind where Musselbrook is <laughs> on a map <laughs> like it's, it's in it's just Newcastle? like this you know Newcastle? okay oh, well vaguely yeah okay well it's a couple of hours north uh, west of Newcastle west northwest southwest of Newcastle southwest southwest northwest yeah, um, southwest. Southwest. Oh, okay. Yeah, you got. Sorry, sorry. Oh, well, Newcastle. I'm going the wrong way. <laughs> north and then west. Yeah, that's right. Right, yeah. northwest. Yes. Okay. So that's helpful. But so because I didn't know where it was, and also don't know the. I mean, I live in a very small rural town too, and so I imagine that Musselbrook is like this happening cool place because the only person I know from there is Pat Collins, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and- <laughs> mining town. This is a massive mining area, wow. and often people say to me, Pat, you know, with your with your basic stuff and all the rest of it, how come you're there? You're not going to other places. Look, there's heaps of people from North Coast and Wollongong and all the rest of it, but we need people in these areas, and it's really important. I, I was born in Denver and my husband was born in Musselbrook. This used to be a very nice little upper hunter area with lots of farms and all sorts of things. But, you know, it's a massive mining area now. So there's lots of mines and Liddell's just closed down. You might have heard of Liddell Power Station. Well, that's nearby. Um, and um, that's just closed down. And they hope they put a big battery bank in there. So, you know, we're hopeful for the future will improve. But I actually live in a, a property. I have to get away from Dirty Old Musselbrook. So I, I live about, you know, an hour away up in up top of Martindale, up amongst the trees up there. So, and I love my little sanctuary up there, which is really nice too. Mm. There's something, um, Corinne, is, there's a message there in the chat. Corinne obviously is from your area. She says, we're super lucky to have you here, Pat. Oh, Thanks, Corinne. <laughs> yeah it is really it's special when um I think about this a lot around 
uh, healing women, women that are working in the healing fields or not even just women, healing people who are walk, working in those spaces and walking in those edge places, right, that we don't quite fit into the mainstream and we, but we're not like so woo that we're right out there um, and how we are kind of placed all over and we're not really, really close together a lot of the time and that can be really isolating, you know, there can be times where that's very lonely, probably when you were starting, I imagine it would be a little bit like that, yep. the, only, the only weird herbalist person in that area. <laughs> Um, I think many of us can relate to that and you know when I was younger we used to always think oh why can't we all just be together Uh, but reality is if we were all together then this information and this education wouldn't spread and so what we need to do is be spread out and have the capacity to come back together in ways that we do like the conference yeah exactly now you did write about that and I and look I've taught thousands and thousands of students and they have in turn taught thousands of students and I've taught I've had thousands of clients over the years too so and they in turn will then tell other people it might be just something little that they remembered I remember teaching you know you teach a whole year these students and they might remember that oh how wonderful calendula women was well that's great at least they remember that so um but you know like it's open I think the big thing that we've got to do is step out of the square as well and when you learn about weeds or something like that or something's around you it's like you've got another world and it's like people just suddenly the light bulb goes on or something you know like hey we don't just have to live in this this world like this that we, we, we're loose to doing so I think it's really good if we can um yeah spread out like you say but teach and not keep the information for yourself and 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 look after others and they in turn will spread that information you know I love writing the books and I'm happy for people to make things out of the books it's great you know so I'm not going to say oh don't don't make my AI chrome how do you um you know that's great you're making it for yourself and your loved ones that's great and if you're going to make it for others the major thing is if you do make anything for mine you can't make any any statements you can't say this is for eczema or for arthritis you can't do that sort of thing so um TDA rules are very strict about that sort of thing it's crazy isn't it you can buy something on the line and can say what's like we can't do it here so it's um we've got some strong rules in Australia but um I just wish that they were um, a little bit wider sometimes yeah mm, and that's why the grassroots education is important though right because if we're doing the learning about what nettle's good for what calendula is good for and then we see the calendula cream we don't need it to have the label on it because we already know in ourselves what that's about exactly and then you can give it to your friends and your loved ones and they can share it and they have something that they can use for themselves how good is that you know so mm. Make some soaps and then share around the soaps and say, hey, there's no junk in these soaps. You know, they're all great. Oh, I have some caustic, caustic soda in it. But anyway, so all the rest is pretty good. So, yeah, that's great. Can you think of a, a story or a case, Pat, where you felt like, you know, the person that came to you as your, your what do you call them, clients, patients? Clients. Clients, yeah. Your client came and you were sort of like, oh, I don't know what to do with this one. And you had oh. to sort of do a bit more of a journey into whatever that, to work it that out. Is, I, that, that is not uncommon, okay, that a person can come along, especially with an unknown skin problem. They've, For instance, they've been to all the doctors and they've been to the, you know, the thing and they don't know where it's coming from and you've really got to dig. Um, I do use iridology. 
uh, like iridology. I just feel that um, by looking, like, uh, for instance, I had a lady today, she came with an unknown skin problem. It was one of the ones that was on her face. And and um, and she didn't know where it come from. She hadn't changed the food. She hadn't done any different washing. You know, none, there was no reason she could see that, um, that that was. And it wasn't until we did iridology that we really understood what went on. And um, and that opened up things because straight away we could see the adrenals were under a lot of work. We could see that she could stress strings. We could see the liver and the gut. So um, we worked in the end. She was just pushing herself so hard. She was studying. She had kids. She had a full time job. She had done it at a you know farm, all the rest of it. And and sometimes the body just says that's enough, you know, like and out it comes in the skin. So you know, then you've got to deal with that sort of thing. So yes, I do do iridology. I don't tend to do main main tests, you know, where people send away tests and things. I don't tend to do that so much. I do do bush flower remedies. Um, to try and find out emotional stuff because often things are emotional. Um, that's where the problems stem from. Um, and I do do some drawing therapy, especially with children, because I'm trying to understand them better. But um, and of course, you know, you work out the diet and all the rest of it. And you know, often if you if you can talk to the person long enough, this is why it's beautiful having an hour session with someone. If you talk to someone long enough, they eventually will start saying they're what the answers are you know like mm. you just got to listen mm. you know and you think yeah listen to that you know you didn't tell me oh no I forgot about that oh no no like you know you should tell me that you were taking that medication or whatever I had a lady come one time she was she was oh she was she was she was a real oh she had a lot of trouble shaking that's right she was shaking and she didn't have Parkinson's or anything and we were going through all this stuff and eventually she told me she was on this really strong heart meditation well, of course, that was a problem. <laughs> Side effect of heart medication was why she was shaking. You know, so you know you forget some people. You've really got to dig sometimes to get people. They just take these things. They just get used to them and they forget to tell you things. Yeah. It's almost like people are not used to putting themselves first or thinking about yeah. like you know, their mothers. own maintenance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big thing with mothers. Yeah, you've got to really. They often come and say, "This is the first time I spent time on me." You know, I'm saying, "Wow, mm-hmm. it's pretty special." Mm. you're a member of estuary learning and estuary learning of course is one of our partners for wise women gathering actually i have a great photo that i showed earlier i might i'll show it again when i speak to nancy i think tomorrow uh this photo of all of the estuary learning women that were at the conference last year and, and you're in that photo and deanne and carrie and liz Conlon and it's a beautiful photo um yeah. and um what like I mean I've now so now I've spoken I've I've already done my interview with Nancy although it hasn't played yet and I've spoken to a few estuary people and of course I was always sort of on the peripheral while you were all setting up and estuary had their soft launch at Wise Women Gathering and you know so we're very connected in that way uh, but I would love to hear about from your perspective why estuary learning is important um, and like what place it takes in your world at this point in well, your career. I- I joined Estuary Learning. One of the uh, one of the people there invited me to join, and that's how I found out about it um, when it was just first starting. Um, and uh, they said that they were they were a grassroots sort of organisation that was trying to because 
because it's becoming more and more difficult without what we're doing, registration, all those sort of things coming on and having to go for these university degrees and it's becoming more and more technical and we're becoming like pseudo-doctors now instead of just the, the grassroots sort of thing, um, which a lot of us want to want to work with. And, of course, Nancy is the driving force behind it all. Of course, you would gather that when you talk to her. Um, so she, she's she's just amazing. Um, definitely a Dorothy Hall um, um, person but the um but Dorothy Hall of course was amazing and I was really taken up with Dorothy um and the, the work that she did and all the, all the you know she was a real way way back and got really got the herbs going and things so and I and I've joined it and I've been with it now for I don't know how long it's been going for a couple of years or something um I constantly get stuff on my phone with them um they have a very good network um they're always doing things mentoring um, they're um, doing some, um, you know, different talks and things. Um, I've done a few with them. Um, it's great. It's just a real family sort of thing. And, you know, like you go to Wise Women Gathering and you sort of all get together and it's really lovely um, and it's nice face-to-face. But history learning is almost like my thing in between um, mm-hmm. so that I can keep connected with these lovely people. And it's just... Half the time I just read what they've been saying to each other. They're having a chinwag with each other sort of thing. So, um, you know, like, then, oh, fantastic, someone's birthday and everyone's wishing everyone a happy birthday and all the rest of it. And, oh, someone needs a bit of holding because they've got some sickness or something in the family, so everyone holds them, you know, with their spirituality. So it's just beautiful. Um, and I think it's a really nice thing Nancy's got going. Yeah, that's, yeah. Ugh. <laughs> so good I don't even know where to start with that whole thing uh it there's there's something of you know what we were saying before around the isolation when you're out on your own and you're doing this work either rurally or just in you know unusual situations and things like estuary learning things like the group chats the ongoing conversations the podcasts all of those pieces just keep us kind of feeling like we're connected right even when we're not physically there yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's a piece we're looking at for next, uh, I keep saying next year, for after the conference. Uh, we want to really work this year around keeping the connections there because what we've found over the years is we talk about this Wise Women Gathering community and it happens during the conference and there's a bit of a burst after the conference and then everyone gets back to their lives and it falls away and then we get to about November and here's Holly like trying to lift this giant project back up again. Mm. We need to have more flow in between, so... Everyone will see. Massive job. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Yes. And like, you know, there's pieces that are pretty simple these days because we've done it that many times, but it would be really beautiful to keep the networking through the year. And that's something we're going to put a lot more energy into. We, when I say we, me and my staff, and then the support team for Wise Women Gathering. Yeah. And this is a piece uh, that I find so powerful in you pat that it's not just pat collins it's a staff it's a you're the the way that your work shows up in the world doesn't just support you it supports like other people you know a friend of mine who's a business coach said to me businesses are the most important small businesses are the most important piece because the leaders of those businesses are um, you know putting food on tables that they'll never eat putting people in cars that they'll never drive, putting roofs over people's heads that they'll never go inside necessarily. And so uh, I feel really strongly actually about business space and leadership and and particularly women doing that because often women do it differently than what else is out there in the world. So I'd love to hear a little bit about you as a businesswoman, like 
How's that been? What's like, just whatever, whatever you want to say about that. <laughs> uh, I think I'm a bit of a hopeless businesswoman in a lot of ways, but um, because I don't like confrontation and things, so I'm not that sort of business person. But I've been, well, we've had the centre here for now, 20, this will be the 26th year. Um, and I've always employed a closed staff and um, they're just amazing. You know, I've had some amazing staff and um, and they're part of what we all are and, and the people that would come to the centre would know these people very well. Um, and, of course, they're on the end of the line. There's a lot to it when you're running a business. It's not a little simple thing. But I always wanted something that so that I just wasn't, it wasn't just me. It was something beyond me. And other people could come into the business and and they were hire room, rent rooms and things like that. So, um, so we've got a few different people that come here as well. Um, and then... You know, like just just putting it out there, um, it's going really good. I think it's got better. <laughs> like you know, in my early years, I was really, you know, I kept on giving it to someone else because I hate all that bookkeeping and all that sort of stuff and collecting monies and all those sort of areas. So I kept on giving that to someone else. And I have learned over the years, you've got to keep a certain amount to yourself for yourself. You know, you've got to be really, if you're going to have a business, you need to, um, you know, you need to be in charge of it as well. So it's really important. But um, a, a good business, little businesses can be amazing little places and they can be lovely little families. I look forward to coming to work and my girls look forward to coming to work, so which is really nice. We often have juniors as well. And my son's an IT fellow that helps on the side. You know, you've got to have all those things nowadays. It's just so so much so much to to it you know my girls are casual mostly because they they all got families as well or and they're working part-time and and so that seems to work in well because one person works so many days and one works so many days and they balance each other out so no I've um I've it's been a learning process I must say my husband is a silent partner <laughs> he's he's on I have side. one of those yeah yeah he helps <laughs> dry the herbs or something but so um but it's mostly me that I run it all. But um, but basically, I just wouldn't be able to do it without the girls. You know, they're just amazing. I'm saying girls. Some of them are my my age. You know, so we call, we all call each other girls. So that's okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. That's so good. And actually, I was just, while you were talking, I was emailing some of your girls just then because we're having a bit of a trouble with some admin stuff. <laughs> so that's, that's the best thing about having staff. You can be on the internet and other people are doing your work for you. That's right. <laughs> um, so what I've been emailing them about, actually, no, I wanted to go back and say, you know, you started that by saying like, oh, I don't think I'm a very good business person because I don't do conflict well. This is the point. Like women do business differently and maybe you don't have to do conflict in the way that we've all been shown and seen how to do it, right? There's other things that you're bringing to the business space that are just, just yeah, that, that are needed in the world. Let's just say that. Uh, but what I was talking to your staff about, of course, was your uh, gift that you're offering. So all of our educators have offered gifts to share with the symposium audience and the things that will sort of stick around for a little while. We'll put on your symposium page. Uh, I haven't been able to see the gift because something going on between my software and theirs. So do you know off the top of your head what that gift yeah, is? Yeah, basically what, we, what we're offering is 10% off, off the books. I thought the books would be really good. Um, if people come to the Wise Women Gathering, they can just bring along this code and we can give them 10%. It's 10% off every book. So if you buy all six books, 
books you get 10 percent off every book so um we thought that would be a nice thing to do and it could be an ongoing thing so we thought we'd have the offer until the 31st of december that gives everyone plenty of time and um and yeah so any of the books and the the code is wwg-10 so i don't think that's too hard to remember um Very so easy. wise women gathering dash 10 percent. so it's just wwg-10 okay so if you that's great but if you just ring up and tell us that that number um we will automatically give you a 10 percent off the books okay mm-hmm. And I'm assuming that people can buy on your website as well. There's a is there a way to do that? They can buy on the website, but we can't work. We've tried to get the code to work for that, but we can't do it on the website. So you will have to ring us at work and just say um, that I want to have the um, the discount. And yep. so it's quite easy to do it that way. Easy. So you can, I'll put you can, that in you our can, notes. You can go on the on website and order if you want to and then ring us and say, hey, get, take 10% off that and we can do that afterwards. But it'd be better off if you rang or get complicated. Otherwise. A lot simple. And then you get to speak to the beautiful staff. That's so that seems right. like and a very lovely, worthwhile project. They're lovely ladies. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's great all right pat to finish off why don't you tell us where the best place is for everybody to find you um we've said that your local clinic is in musselbrook um, which is northwest of newcastle that's right (laughs) and um where where can they find you online what what are all the webs yeah well it's quite easy because it's www.patcollins.com.au so that's an easy easy website to find we are on facebook as well um and we're at 196 bridge street musselbrook and our phone number is 02654118884 um so um easy to we're here from nine to five monday to friday um i do have a lot of people send me emails and things like that too so the email address is the center uh, 196 that's the number of the place here 196 bridge street so it's the center 196 at hotmail.com so wonderful pat i love you so much i love what you're doing in the world i can't wait to see you in less than two weeks um There you have it, Pat Collins sharing her wisdom, her knowledge, herself, her awesome self. You can find her at the self, well, you can find her video and you can find the links to how to find her and, and her offerings at the symposium pages, which is at selfcraftedlife.mn.co. And that's a free registration. When you jump on there, you'll have access to the symposium and actually a heap of other content as well that space is where we upload the videos and recordings from the conferences each year and you know that's where you can find them too we're still getting to those so don't be in any rush they take us some time to get through them all i appreciate you being here and listening to pat's amazing stories the next episode that you'll hear us in is with linda linda is the queen of the gathering in so many ways because without her we don't eat (laughs) we don't have a venue so i really encourage you to come back for this next episode listening to linda and a bit of the story of where we hold wise women gathering and that land and and it's it's kind of more modern history right so that's what's coming next on wise women talking i'll see you there maya nahea